is bright. Let us pray. If we could have our evangelist, Reverend Love, please pray over our message and messenger this morning. Amen. You may be seated. So glad to see so many of you. Sundays are like a miniature homecoming every Sunday. Be around my family, folks that I love, folks that I trust love me, folks that we've prayed for, folks that we trust are praying for me. You know, there's a battle that happens every Sunday. We gather together. God wants to bless us. The devil wants to prevent that from happening. Now, if you side with God, you can get your blessing. But if you allow the enemy to influence you, you can walk in and walk out and not be any better. Rather, grow worse. So at the beginning of this service, I want to ask that you tune your heart and mind and determine You're going to side with God. Receive what he has for you. Be open to what the scriptures say. And I've got something that really should make you smile. Trying to think of a joke right before church. I don't have one for you, but hopefully you just smile anyhow. Amen? Amen. Amen. We are in political election season. And no, I'm not going to politic this morning. But... In our political election season, we are inundated with all the people telling us, those who are challenging the incumbents tell us how sorry an individual he is. And he ruined the city, or they ruined the state, or they ruined the country. And the incumbent will get up and tell us how sorry the challenger is. He's a no good, corrupt, good for nothing. And then they turn around And they tell us how sorry a state, our city, our state, or our country is in. We are heading to hell and things are going bad, bad, uh, getting worse and worse. And if you elect this guy, it's all going to fall apart. Or if you allow allow this guy to stay uh, uh, in office, everything's going to blow up. And you've really got to be careful this time of year. Because all of that negative stuff can get you feeling pretty dark about the situation. But I've got good news for you this morning. That no matter who gets elected, Jesus is sitting on the throne. I've got good news for you this morning. No matter what happens in our country, and I am not being Pollyanna-ish. I understand that we have challenges and problems, and I believe that God has answers for those challenges and problems. And and sometimes a a new person coming in or, or the person that's in staying in may be good for the country. I understand all that. But above all of that, here's what God tells me. He tells me that I ought to pray. Pray for those who are in office, whether you like them or not. Amen. Hey, you can't go wrong with the scriptures, can you? Amen. 
pray for them. That works better than complaining about them or attacking them. Amen? Pray for them. With all the negatives that are highlighted, we are sometimes pushed into a, a fight or flight mode. And if I could ask your please, your attention. I'm going to preach to you probably about 30 to 40 minutes right in that time frame. I know there is no social media post in these 40 minutes that is going to be as important as God's Word. I guarantee there's nothing on your phone that's going to trump what God is sharing. But the Bible tells us God's Word goes forth. It accomplishes things. But for you to get it accomplished in your life, and it can do better than Facebook, and it can do better than Twitter, it can do better than your text from your boyfriend. God can change you for eternity. But you've got to be present, not just physically, you've got to be present spiritually. You've got to say, you know what, I'm here, I already got up and got dressed and got to church. I might as well get something from God. And if you're on your phone, you're going to distract other folks, so please don't do that. Amen? We love you. I want to counter this dark outlook because for the child of God, the future is bright. We are walking towards the Father. And the Bible tells us that the Father is the Father of lights. In the book of James, and I got these scriptures there if you want to make sure you put them up for me, it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I need some help. Reverend Tuhig, you're the light. You stand right there. Reverend Love, come on and help me. You're Jesus today. Come on. <laughs> now, if I am a Christian, come on. I'm walking with Jesus, amen. <laughs> we're going different directions. We gotta make sure we're going the same direction. <laughs> now, if I'm a Christian and I'm walking towards the light, this and if, if Brother Tuhig is God the Father of lights, the closer we walk towards him, guess what? The more light shines on my path. Amen. So as I'm walking down this pathway, my future is bright. I'm walking in the right direction. I'm going towards God. Hey, it doesn't stop there. Give me the next verse, please. No. Come on, Jesus, don't walk away yet. This then is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's another one after that. Is that the one in order? Give me the next one, please. I am the light of the world. Jesus, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, I'm walking towards the Father who is light, but I'm walking with Jesus. And if I'm walking with Jesus who is the light of the world, then I've got brightness I'm heading to. I've got light shining on my path as I get closer. Amen? Amen. All right, you can sit down. I know. <laughs> Go ahead. That's rough being the example. Amen? Amen? <laughs> But not only that, but the Bible tells me as I walk with the Lord, I grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, what happens when you add knowledge? The Bible says you are enlightened. Amen? Knowledge speaks of light. Matter of fact, what do you call somebody who's pretty smart? He's bright. He's got it. He's bright. What do you call somebody that's not so smart? He's dim-witted. Amen? 
He's dim with he, He's only got a five-watt bulb. <laughs> it's not too bright. Amen. Pretty dim. So here I am. I'm walking with Jesus, heading towards the Father, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got more knowledge as I grow towards God. My future is bright. Amen. My future is bright. I've got, I'm adding to my, my faith. I'm adding knowledge about how to live for God. And if I add knowledge about how to live for God, then my future is bright. I'm walking towards the light. No wonder why it grows brighter and brighter every day. But 1 John 1 and 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, what does it mean when the Bible said that God is light? Well, one, it means that God gives us the knowledge to have a relationship with him. He is the one that provides the way that we can have this relationship with the Father. We are not left in darkness as to how to have a relationship with God. Isn't that good? Because there are some religions that will say, well, it's got to be revealed to you. But what do you do unless it's, if it hasn't been revealed to you yet? You just walk in darkness because you don't know. Amen. Somebody else will say, well, you got to read all of these books and you got to chant all these things and you got to uh, fast and pray, hoping for some revelation. But God's already revealed it to us. He's already given us this knowledge. How can I have a relationship with the Father? Well, the Bible said that we were born in sin. We were born in darkness. We were born having done contrary to what God wanted and that sin broke the relationship between us and God. Now, Back to our illustration without having these guys stand up again. But the Bible said, your sins and iniquities have separated you from the face of God. So if I'm walking towards God, but now there's something separating me from the face of God, something blocking that light, I am in darkness. If I no longer have fellowship with Jesus because I have chosen sin or I have allowed sin into my life, my fellowship is broken from him. And when I'm not walking with him, the Bible said I am walking in darkness. And so for the person that is not a born-again believer, they are in darkness. The Bible speaks of them as groping around. You ever been in darkness? Maybe the light wouldn't go on. Maybe the power went off and you were searching for that flashlight. You know what a flashlight is, right? The perfect place to store dead batteries. Amen. Is that not true? Man, they never fool. <laughs> That's the truth, though. So you're, you're walking around in the darkness, stubbing, stubbing your toe here and walking in the corner of the wall there, hoping that, that the kids picked up and you don't step on any of those Legos in the middle of the night. It's painful. So walking in darkness, the, you're, you're moving slow, you're groping around, you can't see. But when the lights come on, suddenly you know where to go. 
That's the great thing about Christianity because God turns the lights on. He said, this is what you need. You need to have a relationship with me. You cannot do that outside of Jesus. You cannot cross that impassable gulf with your sins. You've got to be forgiven. The lights have got to come on. Somebody's got to pay for what you did wrong. You hear that phrase sometimes, don't you? Somebody did you wrong or somebody else did wrong. And they say this, somebody's going to pay for this. Sometimes they seek uh, revenge. They'll kill somebody. The guy that cheated on their old, cheated, uh, took his wife or took her, took her husband. They get so mad they'll kill somebody because they say, they did me wrong. Somebody's got to pay. Now here's the truth. Pain... Death cannot pay uh, in the sense of revenge. That doesn't take out the sin and the pain. Are you still with me? So if somebody's done me wrong, me going and doing them wrong may make you feel better for a second, but then we're both wrong. It doesn't take away the sin. But when we who are born in darkness... Come to the knowledge of the uh, come to the the knowledge that I need to be saved. I need to come into the light, and we find out that God has made a way for me to be changed. How is that? I come to Jesus and I confess my sins. Lord, I've done wrong. Now I'm telling you, this is hard because nobody likes to admit they've done wrong. Nobody wants to say I sinned. It's hard to find a good sinner nowadays. It really is. Everybody's a Christian. They may be smoking dope. They may be selling pictures of their body on the internet. They may have a, uh, they may be, have a what is it, OnlyFans club and uh, making money that way. Maybe they're, they're giving money that way. Yet they come into church and they lift up their hands. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. You're a sinner. You've sinned. And that sin doesn't go away by itself. If you got <laughs> those two ladies, they were having lunch one day. Can you believe this, Sister Fran? They were having lunch one day. And all of a sudden, the lady whose house they were having lunch at, her boy came up to the lunch table. He was covered. I mean, he had dirt and dust bunnies all over him. Mom looked at him, was shocked, a little embarrassed in front of her friend. My Lord, son, where in the world have you been? He said, underneath your bed. <laughs> dust bunnies don't go away by themselves. <laughs> Amen. You got to sweep them out, don't you? Dirty laundry doesn't get done by itself, does it? My wife sent me a text this morning. She said, washing laundry, 30 minutes. Drying, 60 minutes. Uh, putting it away, 7 to 10 business days. <laughs> That's funny. Anyhow, all right. You look good when you're smiling. Amen? So when we're walking with Jesus and God has made known to us how to be saved, I must turn from my sins and turn to God, heading in the right direction, confess that I've done wrong, receive what Jesus provided for me. What did he provide for me? He provided forgiveness. When I confess that I've done wrong and I ask him to forgive me, he comes into my life. He 
Who is? The Bible said he is the way, the truth, and the light. The Bible also says that God is light. Jesus also is the light of the world. So when he comes into my life, now I've got light on the inside. Now I can understand better why I'm thinking what I'm thinking, why I'm doing what I'm doing, because God turned the lights on. Amen. The closer we get to him, the less of this world really matters. Let me give you the bottom line. You ready? With Jesus, the darkest lives can have the brightest future. Isn't that good news? Because you can look at your life and say, preacher, you don't know where I've come from, and I've got this past, and I've got that past, and I've got these scars in my relationship, and I've got this brokenness in my heart, and I've got this abuse when I was a child, and I've got this that's happened. My dad left me. My mama left me. uh, My husband cheated on me. I've got all this background. I'm in a dark place. But with Jesus, the darkest lives can have the brightest future. All you've got to do is open up and say, Lord, come on in. You're the light of the world. I'm tired of being in darkness. I'm tired of being in this this darkened state of mind. I want that light. I want to be heading in the right direction. Now, here's the thing. There is a light that's not good. There is a knowledge that doesn't help you. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 23, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, did you catch that? Light being darkness? Some knowledge doesn't help you get closer to God. Some knowledge takes you away from God. There's some folks that can tell you how to uh, cut up an ounce of cocaine and make money. That's not going to help you. There's some people that can tell you how to, how to get on the internet and sell pictures of themselves, foot pictures and this pictures and that pictures, and that's not going to help you. There's some people that have false ideas about who Jesus is. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a good man. He's God. There's some light that's darkness. And he says this, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Jesus was and is the light of the world. In the book of Psalms, he said this, Psalms 16 and 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So when I'm walking towards God as a Christian, my future's bright. I've got Jesus illuminating my path. I'm growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior. He said this path uh, matter of fact, he went on to say this path is, there's going, to be pres- there's going to be fullness of joy. He said there's going to be pleasures forevermore. So my future is bright. Now I've got to share this. That's all dependent upon me choosing to walk towards God. That's also depending upon me, if I'm heading in the right direction, I've got to right, walk straight towards him. I can be going in the right direction, but off to a slant and end up not getting a brighter future. 
How does that happen? That happens when we have the wrong thinking in our mind. You still with me? You can be a Christian and allow some of the previous thinking that your mother told you, your grandmother told you, your daddy told you, or the teacher told you to, to impact the pathway that you go. I shared some of these things in soul winning the other day. It seemed to resonate so much. Several people wanted to come. I thought it would be good to fit it in here. You see, knowledge must be used. So I've told you how to be saved, but it doesn't do you any good unless you open up and let the light come in. Amen? You need to have a renewed mind. Did you know, Reverend Love, way back when, I think it may have been, I'm not going to say exactly where I may get it wrong, but it was in one of these mountain rural areas. They had not yet brought in electricity. And a lady in one of these last houses, she would light oil lamps every night. Well, they weren't very bright. They created soot. They stunk. And so the electric company was so pleased when they finally got lights to one of to her house, one of these last houses in the rural community. And they were patting themselves on the back. But they looked, and after about a month or so, they noticed that the lady had very, very little usage. And so they went and talked to her. And they said, Mother, what's going on? We brought light, electric lights to your house, and you've got lights now. Don't you like them? She says, Oh, I love them. Every night around evening time, I turn them on, and then I go and I prepare my oil lamps, and I light all the oil lamps, and then I turn them off. And they were like, mother, it's not supposed to be a temporary substitution. It's supposed to be permanent. So a Sunday morning service isn't meant to be a temporary substitution of your living or your thinking. Christianity is supposed to be a permanent exchange. You're given a new heart. You're given a new mind. But with that new mind, I must renew it daily. Paul said to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He said, I, having preached to others, he said, I keep under my body, lest I, having preached to others to myself, become a castaway. What was he saying? I've got to control this thinking. I shared with them in Soul Winning the other day, sometimes, and, and this came from uh, Craig Groeschel's book, Winning the War in Your Mind. I read it and really enjoyed it, listened to it over and over again. But he talked about how he had a dog that when he was uh, a kid in the backyard, and the dog, even though he had a great big backyard, would run in the same path back and forth, back and forth, wore out the grass in that path back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he said, sometimes our thinking is just like that. A thought repeated becomes like a groove worn in our mind. Now that can be good or that can be bad. If you allow the wrong thoughts to wear grooves in your mind, it takes a lot to get out of the rut. I think there's a sign somewhere in, I think it was in Canada, maybe upwards to Alaska. It says on the road, you know, they have these really rough winters, and it says, choose the rut that you will be, uh, choose the rut, your rut carefully, because you're going to be in it for the next 35 miles. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the same with your thinking. you got to choose carefully what thinking you allow in your mind. 
Because if you reemphasize what the devil wants you to think, God doesn't love you. Oh, yeah, you're a Christian now, but you're still going to be the same old way. Sometimes people get saved and they walk right back to the world because they failed to renew their mind with what the Scripture said. And so these thoughts that they've had, you're never going to overcome. You're always going to be an addict. You're always going to be a drunk. You're always going to smoke cigarettes. You're always going to be in debt. You're always going to be whatever it is. And that thing just gets run into their mind and they can't find a way out. But Paul told us we've got to take control of those thoughts, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When the enemy comes and says, you've got a headache, I think you're going to have a stroke. So no, I've got divine health, amen? I'm in the body of Christ. I don't read of Jesus ever getting the flu. Are you with me? Did not the Bible say that we are in the body of Christ? How many days do we read of Jesus being laid up sick? I don't even hear him coughing, do you? Now, I'm not saying that if you get sick or you experience some difficulty that you have sinned, but I am thinking that if, that, if I'm in the body of Christ, I should take that mindset and apply it instead of applying what the devil, the devil wants you to think you're always going to be sick. The devil wants you to think you're always going to be weak and frail and never able to do anything. The devil wants you to think you're never going to have any money because he wants to keep you poor so you can't do anything for the kingdom. The devil wants you to think that way, but not my God. My God said, oh, he's the father of lights. With him is no variableness nor shadow of turning. He is the, the giver of good gifts. Amen. So I got a cancer. I think, I think uh, God is willing me to have this sickness for the glory of God. That's not the kind of gift I want from my father. God doesn't give sickness. God gives health and healing. Amen. All right, I got I to gotta go. I got to go. My time is up. But how do I substitute. I shared with them on Saturday, you cannot refuse a thought. If you say, I am not going to be lazy anymore, you're really re-emphasizing that thought already. You're emphasizing that you are lazy. So instead of saying, I am not going to be lazy anymore, you've got to say, I am going to be industrious. You like that word? That's a neat word, huh? I'm going to be hardworking. Therefore, I'm emphasizing what I want to become instead of refusing what I don't want to be. So, with that said, I'm going to put up some thoughts that can help you if you take them. Now, here's the thing. I can't do this for you. You've got to renew your mind. Take the scriptures. Find things. Maybe you're struggling with something that's not going to be on my list today. But take the scriptures. Find things that will work for you and use them. Let me give you a couple. Some of these, again, from that book. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. So in your mind every day, when you're praying, you can say, Jesus is first in my, my, in my life. Say it out loud. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife. Now, if you're a lady, please put the word husband there. Amen. Amen. And we'll lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they can imagine. Now stop for a second. I'm not saying that just because you say these things, you're going to magically bring them to pass. 
The reason we say these things is to emphasize the right thinking in our mind so that we will continue to do the right actions. Do you follow? This is not a hocus-pocus, abracadabra, boom, it's done. This is, I am reprogramming my mind with what God says about me, what God says about my family, so I can have a different outcome. Now, you can't be lazy. you got to take these things and emphasize it. One time across the grass doesn't wear a groove. you got to keep going until the grass is dead. you got to keep going until you get a little groove going. Amen. Get in your groove. It's a good word for a bass player, right? All right. I love people and believe the best about others. I like this one too. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Stronger than the desire to click that website I shouldn't go to. Stronger than the desire to call up that person for a 2 a.m. booty call. Amen. I like this one too. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer. My body is stronger. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. Isn't that good? Do you think if you said that to yourself every day, wouldn't it, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make you want to get closer to him? Amen. Amen. Going on. Money is not a problem for me. My God will supply all of my needs. Since I am blessed, I will be a blessing. I say that because sometimes people worry and they get fearful about money. And so they sacrifice God to work two and three and four jobs instead of just putting God first, pay your tithe, be right with God, trust him. Amen? Amen. Money is not a problem for me. My God will supply. And since I am blessed, I will be a blessing. I am anointed empowered, equipped, and called to reach people far from God. I say that, and then that should remind me when I'm at the grocery store to invite that person. When I'm at the uh, quick trip uh, to talk to somebody. Why? Because I am equipped and anointed to reach people that are far from God. My words, I'm not sure which one I put. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I don't lay in the bed all day and turn on the boob tube and waste away my life. I wake up with purpose. Come on, some of you folks out there. I wake up with purpose. I'm God's child. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. I'm not some lazy, good-for-nothing bum picking lint out of my belly button, eating Doritos all day long. I've got a purpose. I'm making a difference for God. Oh, help me, Jesus. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Christ suffered for me. Pain, so often we try to avoid it. People are going to talk about you. You can't avoid that. People are going to be upset because you draw closer to God. Pain is your friend. It will drive you to leave certain ones behind. I'm almost done. Give me a few more. I bring my best and then some. It's what I bring after I do my best that makes the difference. The world will be better, different, and better because I served Jesus today. And because I am blessed, I will always be a blessing because I know it is truly more blessed to give 
than to receive. Musicians, come get ready. I got my last point. This is a serious point, though. Future is bright for the Christian. Future is bright for the Christian that controls their thinking, regulates their life by exchanging wrong thoughts with biblical thinking. But the future is not bright for everybody. Not everybody dies and goes to heaven. Not everybody lives an overcoming Christian life. You remember my illustration where God's over here and I'm walking with Jesus, getting closer. Now what happens if I turn around and I walk this way? Well, the Bible put it this way. Give me that next verse. I should have He said, how great is that darkness. How great is that darkness. Uh, uh, Any of those will be good. We'll stop right there. Amen. (laughs) I know. It's my fault. So if I turn from the light and I turn away from Jesus and I go this direction, number one, because I'm used to the light. It's even darker because I'm going in a way where I can't see. Number two, I don't have the light shining on my my path. Number three, because I'm not acting on the knowledge that I have inside of me, it gets darker. In the book of John, chapter 13, I believe it is, the Bible speaks of Judas and how that they were in the upper room, they were in the, the Last Supper, John 13, 26 and 30, it says this. Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. When he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. After that sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Jesus had, Judas, excuse me, had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Listen to this. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. It was dark. He turned away from God. He turned away from Jesus. He went the wrong direction, and it was dark. You see, the future, I I wish I could say it, but it wouldn't be true. It's not bright for everybody, only those who choose to be sons and daughters of God. But the good news is you have a choice today. You can walk towards the light with Jesus. You can have that knowledge increase. You can learn. You can, have, you can control your mind. You can be free from whatever addiction or bad habit. Or you can walk this direction. Now I've got to tell you, and just let it be quiet just for a minute. I've got to tell you that the people who walk away from God and in darkness It doesn't end well for them. It was Billy Graham who went to visit Marilyn Monroe. He said, the Spirit of God has sent me to preach to you. After hearing what he had to say to her, she said, I don't need your Jesus. A week later, She was found dead in her apartment. One week. 
God sent the man, shine the light. You have a chance. She turned from it. When you mock God, when you turn from him, the future's not bright for you. Tancredo Neves, he was running for the presidency of Brazil in the 1980s. He declared if he got 500,000 votes from his own party, not even God could keep him from being president. He won the election, but one day later he got sick and died. You see, when you choose to walk away from God, when you choose darkness, when you choose sin, the future's not bright for you. Now, it doesn't have to be that way. I leave it in your hands. I set before you life and death, light and darkness. It's up to you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Jesus is calling. He loves you. He doesn't want you to end up in darkness. And the end of a life that's rejecting Christ is eternal darkness, hell, the lake of fire. God doesn't want that for you. We've done all we can do. People have prayed. We've preached. The Spirit of God has dealt with you. But he leaves you with the last step to say, today, I'm turning from darkness, from sin. I'm turning to Christ. Today, I choose Jesus. Today, I give my heart to him. Today, I will do what he wants me to do. Today, I will repent. If that's your heart, as the Christians begin to come, I want you to step out of those pews and come down to this altar as they begin to play softly.